Oh, oh, excuse me. Sorry, I was just singing my uh, favorite ABBA hits there. Do you know that ABBA song, Kev? ABBA. I know who ABBA is. I didn't recognize that rendition. It. Uh, my wife Kyle discovered it a couple years ago on New Year's Eve, and it's like a nice, depressing New Year's song. That's like about like, oh, last year was so terrible. How are we going to go on? That's um, how I like to start my New Year's. It's, right? It's depressing. But the chorus is uplifting, but the verse is like really dark. You know how like ABBA starts off dark and then goes into Mamma Mia. Those yeah. those classic singing Swedes. ABBA, classic bad mood music. Exactly. Anyway, welcome to Best Song Ever. It's a new year. My name is Luke LeBen. I'm your host. And alongside me, for the first time, is my dear, dear friend, Kevin Connor. Thanks for Hello. joining me. Hey, I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm so the adoption paperwork has gone through. I am now a LeBen cousin, right? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if the paperwork is legit, but basically, you know how like they give you honorary doctorates to like celebrities or things. So you're like an honorary LeBen. We'll Got say it. that. Uh, I'm very happy to be here on Best Song Ever. First time, long time. Yeah, you have been one of our loyal listeners, and Indeed. now, now you're you made it to the big show, kid. Yeah, I killed Brian. I mean, I replaced Brian. Yeah, Brian's there's not a clone living at Brian's house with Amy. Uh, that's that's the real Brian. We didn't bury him and clone him. Um, and you know, it's funny you say adoption because Brian and Amy are adopting a child, and so you know they're gonna have their hands full with the baby goo goo gaga etc and uh so brian's stepping away from the pod and while we're sad to see him go uh because he created it with me uh it seems like who better to replace him than honorary leven kevin connor here we're on a music thread together me him and brian we love to talk about taylor swift all the time and mm-hmm. uh kev you know i wanted to talk to you about this because I think another reason why it's good you're joining the podcast is because, like, you were the person who kind of introduced me to podcasts. I remember back in, like, 2014 or so, you were, like, telling me about the McElroys and uh, My Brother, My Brother, Me, which is now, like, my favorite podcast to listen to every yeah. week. And so you're you're a podcast connoisseur, and so I think it's good you're joining. And actually, I was going to say... I recently started listening to two podcasts that I've known about forever, but never listened to. And uh, you told me about one of them. Yeah. Well, one is 99% invisible, okay. uh, which is great. They did an episode where they talked about those singing Swedes, ABBA. Roman Mars, known ABBA fan. Oh, is this, is this a known aspect of his character? No, that's, that's some Roman Mars slander, but oh, I mean, okay. I like to believe. Yeah, we can dream. But I do. But the other one is uh, Song Exploder, which you told me about many oh, years yeah. ago. Um, I'm kind of getting in late on it. I I go back and forth on listening to it. Like once every once in a while, I'll kind of fall off, and then I'll hear that he's doing some really good episode. I'm like, I need right. to listen, and then I listen to it for like a year. But yeah, it's nice because they're so short. I've just been like mm-hmm. binging a bunch of them. And uh, 
I'm going to bring it up later on the pod because one of the songs I played, they did an episode on and it was really good. But, but yeah, you, you were into this podcast game before I ever knew about it. So it's only fair that I'm I'm old podcast. I'm like old money. Yes, you are. And like, that's what I was thinking about is like, you know, I, Brian was like four or six. He's my cousin. I don't even know how much older he is than me, <laughs> but I was like the, the hip young dude and he was the old fogey. And now you're like a couple years younger than me. You're the You've hip dude on the, the scene. Old dude. I'm the old fogey now. Yeah. Well, you do have the one benefit is that, uh, almost all, at least like 80% of my music recommendations come from you and Brian in our little text thread. So I, uh, I'll have to step up my discovery game and stop being lazy and just waiting for the weekly text on Friday to be like, Oh, this is really good. And be like, I guess I'll put that on. Yes. I think you're, you're being too modest. You're a great music discoverer in your own right. And you've told me about many great artists, some well, of which you. we are going to talk about. Cause I know they're on your list. I feel like we have a lot to talk about, so let's hit it. We shall. And uh, this is, of course, best song ever. And this is our best of 2020 episode. You know, it's a new year. So you before you move forward, you got to look back, right? That's how Indeed. I always walk around with my head facing the other way, exorcist style. And As 2020 ended, I thought, oh, boy, I can't wait to look back on this. Year. Right? That's what everyone was thinking. Um, but we're just going to look at the music, none of the rest of it. And, uh, we, uh, have compiled our top 20 lists and usually we would, uh, be switching off like playing songs, but since the whole host switch and this was sort of a last minute thing, Kev is just joining me. He brought his favorite albums. We're going to talk about those. And then I'm going to be playing some songs from my favorite albums. So let's get into it with our number 20 album. We're going to have some overlap here. Cause we, we both had a sneak peek at our lists. Yeah. And I think we've got not necessarily the same top five, but a few overlaps within there and definitely some throughout. Yeah. And so it is like we're going to be kind of hearing some from your your list, too, because they're also on my list. And that's that's a good overlap when you got like some that are the same, some that are different. We got some variety. Um, So why don't you go ahead and tell me about what your top 20 is? Number 20. Uh, so my 20th favorite album. This was hard. I'm really bad at, at ranking. Yeah. I usually just like to make my top 10 and just be like, they're all the same. Which, I don't want to number them. Which, um, yeah, like my my former co-host had like a whole numeric system with spreadsheets and stuff. I go with my gut and the the ranking is essentially arbitrary because I had like... I think my best albums playlist was 75 albums. And so this, these are just my favorite 20 yeah. out of those. Same with yeah, you. Yeah, so my my number 20 is Women in Music Part 3 from Haim. Oh, yes. Uh, actually, I, I had my list done. I was just like, this is it. It's locked in. I don't need to do any more work. And I was running through everything. And uh, a spoiler for an upcoming choice of mine is that I was listening to nobody, no crime by Taylor Swift featuring mm. Heim and went, Oh damn. I forgot Heim put a album this year. That was really, really good. How could you forget the sisters? I, I don't know. I don't know. It slid the avalanches out of the top 20. 
ah. and uh, took took the place. Nice avalanches pun there. <laughs> oh yeah, totally intended. But yeah, this album is going to appear later on my list, and I uh, really loved this album. And they released like six singles, and I played those on a loop. So I feel like I don't know this one probably is one of the ones I listened to the most just because I looped those six over and over again. Yeah. This was a long release. I feel like this album was coming out for half the year. It lived up to the hype. It was, it was very good. It indeed did. My top 20 album of the year was okay. Kaya with watch this liquid pour itself. She uh, put out actually two albums this year and they were both really solid, but this one all these songs are super uh, infectious. If you listen to it, Kev, like Baby Little Tween, uh, that's the first one, Overstimulated. Those are all get stuck in my head constantly. And this was one that uh, I slept on originally, and then it came back around, and uh, I became obsessed with it. Number 19. I absolutely loved Making a Door Less Open by Car Seat Headrest. Oh, Yes. This album was very, very good. Uh, actually, uh, in in 2020, we saw a lot of quarantine performances by yeah. a lot of groups. And they had one of my favorites, which was the whole band. I think it's five or six pieces. Mm-hmm. Was shoved into a bedroom and was just jamming to Can't Cool Me Down. Right. I and love that song. they... One guy's always in a mask. Yeah. And he's just jamming out. And this camera's moving around this bedroom in one shot. And eventually, because there's kind of a, a longish intro, they they pan over to the closet door, which slides open and has Will Toledo inside the closet. And then when like the middle bridge comes in, they just like shut the door again. I also liked how the dude was like filming it on his iPhone and like flips it around at himself mm-hmm. at one point. But yeah, I remember you sent me that performance. I was like, oh, this is sweet. That song, I feel like, was one of my favorite songs of the year. I feel like the album sort of had some criticism. People thought it wasn't as good as his past ones, but I thought it was pretty solid. No, I I don't think it was as good as Teens of Denial. That's still my favorite yeah. one by them. But it was very good. And that may be me uh purely loving it because can't cool me down is a very it's i mean it's one of my most played songs of the year yeah and it's because uh you really relate because you can never be cooled down you're always uh i'm always running hot yep Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's been bad this year because every time i take my temperature i'm like oh no i got i got the rona right but but no you're just uh, you're just a hot boy i'm just a hot boy Moving on to my number 19, this is Soccer Mommy. Did you listen to a this one at all? Great pick. Yes, this I I knew you were picking this, so I felt uh okay leaving it out of my top 20, but I think it needed yeah. to be talked about because absolutely. this album is absolutely amazing. Her her last album was very very good, and I think I like this one even more. Yeah, I actually cuz I played her back on the last album I played her on the podcast and then I didn't even really listen to that album or I don't know if I didn't like it or if I just slept on it, but then, uh, it was very stripped back in my mind. So you'd, you'd put it on and we kind of play and then it would end to be like, I, like I enjoyed my time with it, but I really couldn't tell you anything about it as much if you weren't right. really paying attention. 
I felt this one was a lot a lot more forward in just I I think it was a bolder more interesting album yeah and uh that's something that really always interests me 100 percent, and it was sort of a like i feel like 90s early 2000s referencing like the very like bright sort of warm guitars and uh i feel like that was done on a lot of other albums this year that i'm sure i'll bring up later in the countdown but soccer mommy is the project of Sophie Allison and uh, Color Theory was her sophomore album and we're going to listen to the song Yellow is the Color of Her Eyes and this song like I said is sort of a uh, sort of reminds me of like a sludgy but poppy 90s rock song and the melody is just so beautiful and I love the lyrics and so let's get into it now. Here's Soccer Mommy with yellow as the color of her eyes.
Everything Else Has Gone Wrong by Bombay Bicycle Club. Ooh, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. And I, it, it had only been six years since their last album, but I feel like Bombay Bicycle Club had not been around for quite a while. And when their single came out, I think last year for this album, I was like, oh, man, I really liked them when they when they were putting albums out. Like, uh, back you know, in, in the 2009, 2012. Yeah, back, back in the... The golden days that that single is really good eat sleep wake yeah which really set expectations high for this album and i think they delivered i actually didn't know them uh much i had heard their name but never listened to them and i felt like this album just like the songs were just like super like catchy and like well-produced like pop synthy pop songs and i was like damn i never listened to this band and i really should have they just put out a live version of i had the blues but i shook them loose uh and that's in my mind their best album my number 18 comes from barty strange did you hear him at all this year this is a newcomer you're stumping me on a lot of these barty strange barty strange and brian actually sent it to me i checked it out and this guy is uh insanely good uh he is a singer-songwriter from DC 
and he actually like sounds i was like who does his voice remind me of he has this great just like booming voice and the songs are very like varied in style but a lot of them have this sort of like anthemic rise and his beautiful booming voice uh just like soars and i realized like he kind of sounds like kings of leon and that's why kyle didn't really like she's like because she's not a kings of leon fan but i'm like i he's definitely doing his own thing his voice is just sort of reminiscent of them yeah but these songs are so beautiful and well constructed and he's definitely someone to watch in the future number 17 so my number 17 is uh, it's what i wanted to get out of best song ever more so than we have been luke uh you guys really need to get way more into just mainstream pop music because there's so much that is bad, but there's so much that is good. Yes. And we'll see that on my list. For sure. So uh, my number 17 is Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Mm, yes, yes, this yes. This album was just coded in 80s nostalgia, but with that future feeling. Future Nostalgia, yes. It, exactly. Uh, I I love this album. It's really strong top to bottom. There's a remix uh, album that I I don't think is as good. Yeah. That came out this year. I didn't listen to that but one. But I you know what I gave it I gave it a, a listen through and I was like ah, I'm just gonna stick with with future nostalgia vanilla. But the, I mean you've got don't start now physical levitating hallucinate love again. There's so many good songs in this that are just. Like you put them, you put it on in your headphones. And you just kind of dance around wherever you are, and I really appreciate that in yeah a pop album. Just just ultra catchy, just kind of dancey, and just just fun. Yeah, and I think that is a great perspective that you will bring because I think you I you are less snobby about mainstream pop, and as as I become an old fogey. In my twilight years, <laughs> I think hopefully I'm not in my twilight years, but um, I uh, I have become less snobby about music, but I still will talk mad shit if I think something's stupid. But um, but no, I think you are you will bring some of that uh, poppy stuff that I might scoff at, but then when I hear it, I'm like, oh damn, this is really good. And this was one of those uh, albums. Future yeah. Nostalgia was great. Uh, I kept people kept recommending Dua Lipa to me and I just kept like jumping and they were like, what are you doing? And I was like, you told me to do a leap. <laughs> All right, moving yeah. on. To number <laughs> My number 17 is from Caroline Rose with the album Superstar. This is what I'm very into. She's a great singer songwriter. who has been putting out music for a few years now and I really loved her album Loner. Brian played a song from it back in the day, back in the day of 2018. And I uh, wasn't sure about her new album. I think I heard a song and I was like, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Maybe she's going in a new direction. I don't like, but then I think I saw you listening to it or you told me, Hey, this is really good. And I uh, gave it another shot and was blown away. Another sort of eighties referencing pop, but she gets a little strange with it sometimes and uh but just there's some really great uh fun funky poppy songs and we're gonna listen to one now we're gonna listen to the song feel the way i want and 
this song just exudes joy and freedom and female empowerment and it's a lot of fun let's take a listen to it here's caroline rose with feel the way i want
So my number 16 is from one of, I think, today's best collaborators. And that is Alfredo by uh, Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist. Oh, yeah. Who's the best collaborator? I think it's Freddie Gibbs. Yeah. Because Bandana with Mad Lib that he put out last year or two years ago. Wow. 2021. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Was very, very good. And I liked this one even better. Uh, It's just, he's got some great features on it, including Tyler, the creator, who's one of my favorite artists. Yeah. And it's great. It's just, it's an album that I listened to on day one. And I listened to a lot longer than that, you know? Yeah. I did love that one. When I first listened to it, I didn't end up repeat listening as much as I did with other ones. But he is one of the great MCs of our time. And uh, indeed, you should definitely uh, check out the one of the Rapper Warrior Ninjas on Eric Andre season five, where he's like shocking him with the stun baton. I mean, listen, it just goes to show how good of a collaborator he is by getting on the Eric Andre show. Yeah. So my uh, number 16 comes from Orlando Weeks. Um, Orlando Weeks is a singer songwriter who was a uh, member of the band The Maccabees. And this was his first uh, proper uh, solo album. And it is such a beautiful, stunning album. I would say Orlando Weeks's music is haunting and beautiful. And there are some like catchier, uh, more driving songs, but his voice is just, just beautifully haunting and will stick with you. And actually it's interesting because my favorite song on the album is like the most understated, like really spacious piano and just his like high voice. And it's called takes a village. Yeah. That was one that took me by surprise. I had never heard of him. And then I just got sucked in by the splendor of his album, a quickening. Number 15. You also mentioned a great collaborator, and my next artist is a great collaborator who has worked with Bon Iver and even got a song named after him. That's that's how great this guy is. I'm I'm dying to know who it is. This is Naeem. Did you listen to this album? I did. Yeah, you t- you told me about this and told me to listen. Uh, the album Startisha from Naeem and. This was an incredible dynamic album with some like throbbing bass sort of pulsing type songs. Then there's like soaring, synthy, beautiful pop anthems and it's all over the place. And there's a song with Bon Iver and Swamp Dog that Brian played that that song's really interesting. Got that sort of like gospel Bon Iver on parts of it and then goes to the sort of like big bass dark sort of club sound that I think he does well. So it's interesting how he blends all these styles that he's influenced by. And we're going to listen to the song Stone Harbor. And you definitely hear that on this song because I feel like the chorus of this song is when it comes alive and strategically so where it's a little more minimal and you're sort of like, okay, this is cool. Good beat, but where's it going? And then the chorus hits and it's, this is like one of, I think the best catchiest choruses of 2020. So let's take a listen to Naeem with Stone Harbor.
much to do So I decide to fall in love with you No ambitions, no drive I stand, you fly I'll wait for you every day And count the cost that cause my cares to stray No intention, no strife So I we switched up the order because I I needed to change things up on my first episode. I was coming in coming in hot with with demands. I need yep. to discuss my fifteenth favorite album and my fourteenth favorite album of the year together because I think that's that's how most people have looked at them throughout the year. Yeah, that's fine. Just fuck up the format. That's fine. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm here to fuck. <laughs> so let's talk about Evermore and Folklore by Taylor Swift. Oh baby. Do we have enough time? I mean, we're going to be here till 2022. <laughs> These albums are, honestly, it, they're my favorite Taylor Swift projects. No question. They, yeah. I was a big 1989 fan. That is, I think, where she had hit her peak previously. And I know that mm-hmm. might be a hot take. 
No. Uh, but as we know, fair. I'm I'm very much into the poppy side of things. Well, yeah, but... and that's the thing is I feel like 1989 is where she did sort of reach uh, across to the snob I was at the time. And I was like, okay, I can't deny this music's great. I, uh, Kyle and I actually saw her on the 1989 tour, and it was a fucking great show. Um, but, yeah, I feel like that definitely was previously my favorite album, and I didn't really like any of her other albums until these two. I've been following along since 1989. Uh, Reputation was a departure from... From the oh-so-nice Taylor Swift that 1989 presented. More like uh, a departure. She can't come to the phone right now because she's dead. Yeah, I know. I didn't like that one. Uh, see, I, I something about it just like tickled me. But Lover, to me, was really miss. It was, hmm. to me, the boring side of pop. It was just kind of without much. It was just kind of uninteresting to me. I, I couldn't dive into that album as much as I wanted to. Well, that's interesting because I actually, a Reputation was like the darker one. And I was sort of like, yeah, eh, I don't know. And then I sort of liked the lightness of Lover. Like the song Lover, I think is uh, pretty. And I, I liked a handful of songs on that one, but still it wasn't yeah. like I loved the whole album. It was hit or miss. I think... I think actually up until the, this this year's pair of albums, she always seemed to have a track or two that I really disliked on every yeah. album. I, I can't ever forgive her for Welcome to New York being the start of 1989. <laughs> I, I will always harbor that grudge. Yeah. But from the second the one started on Folklore, I was like, oh, mm. oh, I like this. Yeah. Uh, that's still one of my favorite songs because it's just, it starts so simple with the piano and drums and just like, I think it's a lot, I don't want to say less produced album from her, but certainly stripped down. Well, it is. Yeah. Did you see the uh, Apple TV documentary or the like? No, I haven't. It's, it's interesting. Um, Although I want to make fun of Jack Antonoff for a second. I love the guy. He makes some incredible music, but uh, just the way he like says things to the doctor, like really dramatic sometimes. And he's like, Oh yeah. You, you did what any artist does in a crisis. You started a dream. <laughs> like, oh my god, <laughs> shut up, Jack. Um but oh. no, I think uh there the brilliance of folklore is definitely I think the the music aspect of it like you're saying it's more stripped down and she worked with Aaron Dessner from The National who they do that sort of stripped down spacious uh indie rock style really well but um Mm -hmm. and then jack antonoff obviously he does these great big pop albums so it's like he he sort of brings that element you could sort of tell i think the ones that he co-wrote with her um but and i think that is that is why uh ever or why folklore sits below evermore on my list whoa because wow this is a this is breaking. What? Really? So if if we were talking favorite songs, Folklore's got the the top like five or six. I mean, I I think Folklore's got a ton of really good songs on it, but as a cohesive album, uh I think Evermore takes it. I think hmm. the second you start Evermore on the on a cold fall day when she, after she announced it, she's just like, "I'm here. I hate everyone. 
uh, <laughs> one of the Heim sisters is dead. Let's get to work. <laughs> and I think Evermore presents a much more cohesive album story. Like I, I from top to bottom, you kind of get the vibe. Um, see, that's interesting that you say cohesive because uh, Kyle and I drove around looking at Christmas lights, listening to Evermore when it came out, and she was like. Uh, giving me shit because I had already listened it so listened to it so I could talk to you guys on the text thread about it and uh, but we were listening to it and we both agree that that is the a great song nobody no crime it does not belong on that album I feel like it's like stylistically it's like a total departure it seems like it could have been a b-side but you got the Heim sisters on it so like it's got to be on the album I. Know? I don't disagree that it's it's different from, mm-hmm. from the rest of the album, but to me, you kind of have a pre-Nobody No Crime and then a post-Nobody No Crime. And from that song to the, be- the end of the album, it is just hit after hit to me. Uh, every song is a great song. So we got a pre-NBNC and post-NBNC. Um yeah. It's, it's like the year zero. Like we 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 look at the world in these terms. So I love folk more. I love folklore more, and evermore. Less. And I don't think that's a wrong opinion. So I love folklore uh, more and evermore less. Is that clear? Yeah. <laughs> um, Folk- but but no, I um I'm obviously a huge national fan, so I feel like there's certain like piano parts that I could see being on a national album, and then like Swifty's writing. I think like her songwriting is just phenomenal on this album. And she talks about in the doc, how like she would, she sort of started writing not as herself, which is like something she never does. Cause like in a lot of her past ones, it's like, she's like straight up, like I'm Taylor Swift. You guys all know everything I've been up to. This is my take on it, you know? And so I feel like that is sort of interesting. And that's why I feel like a lot of songs, like I really related to them. Like, because I feel like we're sort of the same age and I feel like it's sort of, she tapped into things that people feel at this age. And like, as you're sort of growing up and she tapped into the common person, even though she's a huge superstar, you know, she tapped into like those aspects of humanity that connect us all. And so I love folklore, but I, when we listened to evermore, I was like, yeah, this is good. Actually, surprisingly, the song that features the National is one of my least favorites when they're like one of my favorite bands. But mm-hmm. I feel like the more I listen to it, the stronger I realize that it is. And now I'm like, really, I love every song on it. Yeah. Maybe that's why Folklore and Evermore are what we both agree are her best albums is because she's stopped doing the I'm Taylor Swift, here we go thing. And more approached it as storytelling. Yeah. Cause I think these albums tell a story more so than anything else she's done. These, these albums, you can really dig into this stuff for a while. I uh, saw a tweet where it was like, someone woke up and they were like, my roommates are insane. And it was like this whole crazy chart of all the songs. And they're like saying like, this one corresponds to this one. And like, you know, she's got like the trilogy of songs on folklore and people thought like, Oh, it says Woodvale somewhere on the album. So there's going to be this third album called Woodvale, which we we shall see. Who knows? But I think it'll be really cool to see where she goes next because I 
like she probably she might go back to the I'm Taylor Swift, the huge massive pop thing, you know, and she most likely will. And uh, I feel like I'm she she's definitely like one for one for me, one for them, you know. She's like I did these two for me, and uh, maybe she'll go back to the pop thing. Maybe she'll do some sort of hybrid of what she did here um, and keep the sort of folk sound because I feel like you know, sort of her background, that makes sense. She is sort of, did sort of start being just, you know, guitar singer songwriter. So, um, excited to see where she goes uh, from here. I, you know what, this, this wouldn't make sense as a, as an album title because the significance isn't there like it was, but are we going to see a 1990 next oh, from Taylor Swift? Interesting. I mean, sign why, me up. why that year? Maybe, well, because it's the sequel to 1989. Oh, not like 2009 and it's about her when she was like 20 or something? <laughs> oh, jeez. I just, I I mean, maybe we'll see a 1989 too. That's a lot of numbers in the album, though. Or she could do 1969. <laughs> oh. All right, moving on. Number 14. To uh, my number 14. And I know this is one that is going to show up on your list as well. The Strokes with the new Abnormal. And um, I was like, I did find out that, you know, some of the great songs on here, they like reference sort of 80s songs and sort of gave them credit. And I was sort of like, oh, uh, I I thought they were completely original. But still, every song on this is flawless. When they played on SNL and played the adults are talking. I was like, I forgot how fucking good this song is. And I forgot how good the strokes were. Right. They hadn't put out a full thing in a while. I think this is their best album, uh, since what room on fire. Yeah. That was like, like this is it. And room on fire being like their, their best run. I, uh, this is the best thing they've done in a decade. Right. Uh, it's just, I bought, I bought my dad this album for his birthday. Like that's, how good it was i was like i'm going to the store wow i'm buying you a cd what did this put this and what did dennis think uh he liked it he he's not a not a man to uh go into a lot of detail on the music he likes but he did say it was good oh nice we got a strokes fan on our hands we converted him we got ladies and gentlemen we got him we got him yeah julian casablancas is amazing like i love um obviously his songwriting but also like his voice is so interesting on this album how it's kind of like gnarly at times sometimes he's sort of like Mm -hmm. whispering whisper singing i love how in adults are talking he's like goes from low to like really high and at the door was like my jam of the year it's up there with those heim songs for repeat listens I just thought that song was so beautiful and so like strange, like with the synth bed leading it and being sort of minimal and then building into this uh, like cosmic sort of sounding thing it, that that album's phenomenal. Yeah, I think a lot of times when you have these bands that have been around for so long, uh, it can start to get a little boring in what they do. Like, I mean, I think, yeah. I, I hate to bring them up because I think they're they're so good but so bad. But like Weezer, yeah, uh, I I 
I don't know what Weezer's doing anymore. No, They're none. just being Weezer. Uh, and this wasn't just the Strokes being the Strokes. This was a a defining album for them, yeah. for their style. I mean, if I had to boil down the Strokes' entire career to one album, I'd say this is it. This is, like, yeah. the pinnacle. Because it really does, like, they they still have their signature sound from, like, that you would think from all their classics, like Last Night and stuff, and that, that sort of guitar sound, but they've definitely expanded it. And I think brought in some of the strangeness of Julian Casablanca's Voids project, because that's, like, his yeah. really out there sort of electronic stuff i think they sort of brought some of that in and uh it it worked so well uh this this will show up later in my list for sure number 13 so my number 13 is the album cape god from ali x have you heard this one no i feel like i heard her name and i heard good things about it but i didn't really listen this was this was purely out of my Spotify Discover Weekly. I they hit me with like a song of hers from two albums ago, and I really liked it. And then when I saw like just she happened to have a new album out this year, uh, and it's it's really good. It's kind of I think on the on the Spotify description it's described as goth pop, hmm. which I don't know how much credence I'd lend to that. It's it's pretty upbeat poppy to me. I, top to bottom, it's a really good album. I think it's got a bunch of catchy songs. I like it all. It's it's just something that I could listen to over and over again and did. Yeah. So I go listen to it. I, I'm gonna listen to all the ones that you've uh, you've said Absolutely. that I haven't listened to. So I expect the same. My number thirteen comes from an Australian uh, synth pop band called Cut Copy. Yeah, you're you're reaching way back into my into my past. I feel like I had like I I had a song of theirs on my iPod once upon a time. I'm like elbow deep in your past right now, <laughs> and yeah, um, you're. I'm pulling out those those synth pop hits, and yeah, they've been around for a really long time. I first heard of them in twenty uh to, or twenty twenty oh seven, or as we would call it two thousand seven. Uh, the song yeah, that's, Feel the Love. that's what I'm going back to when, when, when I one. heard them. Dude, Feel the Love okay, is so. incredible. That song is yeah. like all-time favorite for me. I didn't know they put out an album this year. Yeah, the album is called Freeze Melt. And, you know, sometimes I don't really dig into the lyrics of an album. I, I really do love, like, breaking down the lyrics and finding out all the meanings and stuff. But... This one I really just listened to because they just craft such like amazing soundscapes of their their uh, band. And it's like synth pop done in the live band way, which is I feel like makes it really unique and is why some of their music is so amazing. And their last album, Haiku from Zero, was I feel like a new high for them. And this just sort of continued on that trajectory and I think there was some climate change uh, with the freeze melt. I think this album is phenomenal. And it, uh, the song we're about to hear I've, is called Running in the Grass. And I feel like it shows what Cut Copy does best, which is just this layering and building until the song takes on a new form. And like you're you're listening you're thinking okay this is interesting i'm i'm hooked in but then 
once you're a minute or two in and a groove kicks in that you were not expecting and you're like, oh, whoa, what's happening now? The intricate sort of clicking beat and the the organ synth that's sort of hanging over everything is such a great dichotomy. And then Dan Whitford's vocals and melodies on this song are just so beautiful. Let's take a listen to Cut Copy with Running in the Grass.
number 12. My number 12 is from LA-based, according to Spotify, Wonderkind, Duckworth. Ah, yes. And the album Super Good, which is super good. Have you heard this one? That's like that's like some meta commentary there yes i have he was calling his shot he was calling his shot with the album title i did listen to that album on your recommendation and it was a really fun funky catchy great album yeah this is one of those albums where i think from track one you kind of know what you're in for and it just develops over over the course of the album i'd put this on a lot in the morning to kind of like wake up and get in the mood for like you know the day yeah funk uh, yourself up. it's i yeah i had not listened to much of his stuff prior so i'm definitely now intrigued for anything he does in the future yeah he was new to me and i was uh very impressed with this album my number 12 is oh one that is quite dear to my heart and honestly like i say the ranking's kind of arbitrary i don't know maybe maybe this should be higher than 12 but either way, it's one of the finest albums to come out of 2020. And this is the album St. Cloud by Waxahachie. Yes, you. Uh, this is a best song ever favorite. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, you guys talked about this quite a lot. You both, both you and, and your dear, dear departed cousin Brian uh, have texted me about this. Well, sorry we won't shut up about Waxahachie, Kevin. It's just no, a really and good I listen- album. <laughs> Sometimes you need to like yell at your friends and be like, hey, yes. idiot, listen to this right now. Exactly. And I appreciated it. This album was worth it. Yeah, for sure. And I followed her uh, work in the past. Like I, Some of her earlier stuff, I thought of it more as like, like alt rock with some sludge to it. You know, a little bit more of an edge. But I feel like she's explored a lot of different styles. Uh, and she's from Alabama. And... She, I feel like this album really has some of that like southern twang. She adds a little folky, uh, sort of country ish, uh, influence to it. But the song I love so much is Fire. And I mean, really, I every song on it is phenomenal. There's some really great, like, folky songs, but Fire's sort of a kind of atmospheric and building polished indie rock song. And it's really beautiful, and this is the first time I'm going to bring a song exploder because I just listened to the episode with her, and it was really great how she talked about, like, because, you know, you sort of have an idea listening to the song, what it's about, but she talked about how it was, like, really about her unconditionally loving herself and mm-hmm. how it was, like, this sort of turning point in her life, and I think that you feel the power of that song when you listen to it, and that album is her finest work, but uh, she's been putting out great albums for, for years now. Number 11. My number 11 is from the artist I, according to Spotify, and I believe them, listens to the most this year. My oh, right. number one, my number one, my top, my top listens to song as well. This is Hey You X by Benny. Yes. Uh, I heard her really early in uh, Into the Quarantine that we had this year and listened to her two EPs over and over and over again because they were just bright and happy and just spoke of a time where we weren't all locked in our houses <laughs> the whole time. Right. 
And then later this year, later last year, she came out with her uh, her first full LP. And Hey You X features a few of her her songs that she'd put out previously, but it's a lot of new music. Uh, the song Snail is absolutely insane and so catchy and so poppy. I am just floored uh, at how much I like this artist. <laughs> uh it's i just honestly like when when the spotify 2020 wrapped came out i was not surprised at all because i know that i had a playlist that was just like all the benny songs yeah i remember uh you recommending super lonely for me which is such a fun and like goofy jam and she's like really having fun and doing some silly stuff on it but it's such a like well-constructed song um and it's her name is like the second half of my name and the way people often mispronounce Lebeni, uh, my last name, I should say, not Luke. Her her name is not it's, K E. It, it's just a uh, it's just a series of letters that are very easy to mispronounce. Yeah, as we've seen, Bean, Beanie, Benny, but yeah, Benay, Benay. My number eleven is the one from Stranger Things, and if you say anything else, hashtag not my eleven, but. Still, my number 11 album on the list, I think is also on your list too, Kevin. This is the band Tennis with the album Swimmer. Yes, this album is so good. I actually was really worried because I was putting my list together, and this came out uh, in February, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I had to... I was like, oh, was this in 2020? Because this album feels like it's been out for a very long time. It definitely mm-hmm. came out in the before times. Yeah. But this is, again, like Tennis is a really good band, and this is an album that is just, I think, their best. Absolutely. They are a uh, husband-wife duo, and they've put out some great albums over the years. But this one uh, really takes it to the next level. And uh, they do sort of like... 80s influence 70s sort of easy rock stuff they do but no matter what sort of style they're implementing it uh it's always a amazing jam with some affecting lyrics uh and this album has a really interesting story behind it uh you can go back and listen to the episode i played them on earlier in the year when i talk about just uh the sort of significance of swimmer and like all the things they were going through and trying to stay above water, so to speak. And that's where that metaphor sort of comes in. And, you know, as is often the case, when an album comes out of this sort of difficult or transformative period in your life, uh, the the quality usually goes up because it's, it's so much more personal and uh, meaningful. So we're going to listen to the song Tender as a Tomb. And I was saying they employ all these different styles, and this was kind of like not what I expected from tennis. It's almost like a beachy sort of uh, like Talking Heads Vampire Weekend type uh, song. And then the chorus just like has this great, I don't know, it, it might even be like steel drum or something. But it goes along with that swimmer vibe because it's got a little beachy feel to it. But... The uh, lyrics are really beautiful, too, and the chorus just builds, and the song builds in such a beautiful way, and just has a great finish. So let's take a listen to Tennis with Tender as a Tomb. 
Well, we did it, Kev. We we finished your first episode here on Best Song Ever. You got a pod under your belt now. Uh, hopefully not my last. I'm excited to hear our top tens next week. So, so Luke, we talked earlier about the paperwork uh, for me to become a cousin, but it, did the other paperwork go through? Oh, to, fuck. Do I have three oh, new daddies fuck. now? This is a... God, this is going to be a mess in the custody hearing because not only are you know you're an honorary LeBen, but yeah, you're now an honorary son of three daddies, and um, we're we, I'm going to get my lawyers on it and we'll we'll get it through. Man, the mountain of paperwork that this is going to be. Uh, we are the children of three daddies, and first off, we're a Planet Ant podcast powered by Pinecast. Uh, head over to PlanetAntPodcast.com and check out their YouTube channel for all the great stuff going on over there. My buddy Carlos is always consistently putting out sandwich talk. That's just the one that came to mind. So check his show out. He's, he's a great guy. And daddy number three is, of course, offshelf.net. Uh, great musical and cultural site. And uh, if you want to see some other best of 2020 lists, mine is up there. Brian's is up there. Uh, David and all the other writers at uh, Offshelf. So Go check that out. A lot of great music recommendations. Offshelf.net. Check it out. It's on the internet. I am so excited to have my three daddies, but I wish we had started this just weeks earlier because, boy, that would have made Christmas cool. <sighs> right? The, three Christmases. Can you imagine the presents? Oh, my God. God. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. As always, I'm Luke LeBen saying... You better check your perspective now more than ever in these dark times. Give that old perspective a little flip around. And I'm Kevin Connor saying, coming up with catchphrases is difficult. Thanks for listening. <laughs> this is the best song ever. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.